Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. We know that God loves everyone, and He wants us to love them too. He also sees them as inherently valuable all of the time. Today, we're asking, is it possible for imperfect human beings to actually see the value in everyone? We'll also look at devaluation, what that means and what it's doing to our culture. We believe that as we see people as God sees them, we'll be able to influence our world in the right direction. We'll also look at some practical ways to do just that. Let's jump right into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And I wanted to open this out and say, good morning, everybody, like we were at church, but I actually don't know what time you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, we are recording in the morning, so good morning. Um, but today we want to talk about a, a unique topic, uh, which I'm going to throw this over to you, Dr. Melody, pretty quickly, but we want to talk about uh, what it looks like to value all of humanity. And I think that's something we talk a lot about in, in our culture. If you are a regular Life Exchange listener, uh, you'll hear us bring up about validation and valuing people a lot, um, because that is something that is very fundamental to us and to our uh, culture here. But Dr. Melody, you've taken it a step further and you have started a quote unquote movement um, called the Stop Devaluation Movement. So um, before we kind of get into the meat of this episode, we just kind of want to ask you, what is the Stop Devaluation Movement? What does that mean? What is the purpose behind it? Well, the Stop Devaluation Movement is a movement of courageous voices because to value all of humanity, it takes courage, yeah, right? Sure. And so it's a movement of courageous voices that will confront the epidemic that we're seeing in our world, right? Of prejudice, which is prejudgment, and bridge the cultural divides through validation. So there isn't any divide that validation doesn't have the ability to cross. And I am thoroughly convinced when we have the courage to cross those divides, we might find some newfound <laughs> friends. Yeah. We might be able to connect and celebrate and develop relationships that really will have uh, not just the ability to touch someone's heart, but to really impact society for good. So uh, we can never... Uh, in our own estimation, make the choice of who we will or who we will not value. Mm -hmm. If God values all of humanity, then we have a responsibility to do that as well. Yeah, that's good. So what do you think it is about value? Um, you know, there's a lot of different movements that you could have started but but or, or different language that you could have used. What is it about value um, that is so important that you would want to stop the opposite of it, stop the devaluation of humans. When you value someone, uh, you are placing an estimation upon their worth. So when I look at you, Katie, I see someone that not just holds value, but is valuable because you are not just a daughter of the king, but you have been created in the image of God. And even a non-believer is created in the image of God. Yeah. They might not be their son or daughter, his son or daughter yet, but they've still been created in the image of God. And God loves the world. Yeah. He loves every aspect of humanity. And he created us so beautifully, uniquely different. And I cannot judge who or who I will not value, as I, I said a little bit earlier. But 
uh, I have to be able to see through the eyes of heaven based upon what God values. I need to align my values with his values. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important for us to do. Yeah. Seeing through the father's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing people like God sees them and God sees them with inherent value. Correct. uh, That is not, that does not fluctuate or change based upon behavior, based upon um, gifts or calls, but is innate in their uh, DNA as a God created image and likeness bearer of him. Um, I love how you said uh, it's not just based upon what they do, Mm -hmm. because the fact is who of us on this planet does everything perfectly Mm -hmm. all the time. Who uh, of us, even who love God, does everything right Right. all the time? And so if I want God's mercy for me, then I'm going to be a person who gives mercy to others. Mm -hmm. And if God can see my value in the midst of the way I was before I got saved and even since I've been saved, then I want to do that for other human beings as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. It's a message that not just one of us should have. The more of us that have it, the more we're going to really be able to Mm -hmm. see lives healed and even nations impacted for good. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to get out of order here, but I do just kind of want to mention that for for the Stopped Evaluation Movement, um, you don't target that towards a Christian audience. Correct. uh, Which I think is really unique. Um, because you know today we're going to be really talking about it in a uh, an aspect as a believer, as a uh, follower of God, as someone who wants to be like our Father in valuing others. Um, but um, even if someone is unfamiliar with uh, with God, with religion at all, they still understand innately yeah. that one they that humans have value, and two that we see a better result. Um, in our world when we value others. And I just think that's a really unique aspect. Ultimately, of course, we want um, this to be brought in a perspective of um, our our value as a child of God or as a a created being of God. Um, But even the world recognizes Mm -hmm. the benefits when we choose to see value in ourselves and others. And I like how you just said that, Katie. Uh, It's very hard to see value in somebody else if I can't see it in myself. Yeah. If I can't celebrate who God created me to be, I'm not going to celebrate who God created them to be. And uh, he placed, when I was conceived in my mother's womb, he placed value upon me and he put inside of me everything that he's planned and purposed for me to do. That's for every baby Mm -hmm. conceived in their mother's womb. And many people have not yet found Jesus, but that doesn't take away that they were conceived in the heart of God. And it does not take away the value that they hold. Mm -hmm. And every human being there's core needs to be loved, valued, celebrated, honored, welcome, embraced. You know, the whole, it's uh, inclusion isn't some new term. Inclusion means I open up my heart yeah. and I value someone so much that I allow that. Ex- someone, everyone. Every everyone, person. right. Yeah. So much that we really do have an exchange of life. Mm-hmm. And I can have an exchange of life with a non-believer yeah. just as much as I can with a believer. Yeah. Because when you value them, nobody's going to re- 
you know, reject you. No one's going to push you away if they know you genuinely value them. And I've seen it over and over and over. Um, here I am, this, you know, old baby boomer, white woman, and I've had the amazing opportunity to connect to so many black male millennials. Well, mm-hmm. how does that happen? It happens because you value them. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't care if I'm old. They don't care if I'm white. They don't care if I'm a woman. You know, they don't, they don't care about that. It's you, there's genuine validation there. And it just opens up doors for us to love our world like our God loves our world. Yeah. Yeah, that's really the key is that we can connect and have that exchange of life when we value others. So uh, Joel, let's bring you into this conversation (laughs) here. Did you did you have something? Well, I I was thinking you were saying that you started a movement. So how how does that practically look? How do you get your voice out there? Like, what are you doing to create this movement? Well, a movement really is a message, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Um, I'm communicating whether it's through posts or videos or interviews. You know, people share their stories. I have very um, skilled, influential leaders. I do interviews with them, which uh, they're saying, how do we create a culture of validation? How do we lead in such a way that generates value in people? So whether it's leadership playlists on my YouTube or podcasts or uh, social media posts or whatever it is that I'm doing, it's all carrying the message that we're talking about, valuing all of humanity and how to do that so people can begin to change the way they think about others. So if this message really resonates with someone, how how can they partner with you to get that message out there? Well, they can go to the YouTube channel. Every single video on there, they can just copy the link and share it. Uh, I have professors in universities, uh, people in different spheres of society that are in businesses that are just taking and showing those videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, teachers uh, in their classroom with students, whether it's a longer video or a little two, three minute blast. And now I've just put reels on, which are like seven to 10 seconds, you know, where you just see this blast of truth, you know, on on valuing humanity and how to lead in uh, validating. So you're creating social media content that people can share. And uh, And I also have like seven or eight, I'm not sure, uh, short e-books that people can just download for free. I have one on cancel culture, one on secondhand offense. I have an amazing gal who's um, a therapist and she Mm -hmm. wrote a book on how to overcome trauma Mm -hmm. through validation. Mm -hmm. And so it's a message that anybody can receive from free of charge and connect to and uh, promote, not just to promote a movement, but promote a mindset that heals. It can impact a family unit. It can impact every organization. And I believe it can impact nations. If we have some governmental leaders that can embrace that and apply it to their leadership platforms of great power, Can you imagine how you would legislate differently if your focus is on valuing humanity, not using humanity for your own gain? Yeah. It's just a different, healthy, godly mindset. Yeah. And so I'm taking the thoughts and the ways of heaven, packaging them in a way that anybody, anywhere can take and receive and apply. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think one uh, really awesome aspect of what you have been doing is um, hearing people's stories mm-hmm. um, because really whether it is a high level executive or, you know, you're the neighbor next door, um, it really doesn't matter right? Um, because everybody has a story and it's really unique. I love, we do this events at our church called My Story and yeah. we just allow people to share aspects of their story. And it it just, it always blows me away. One, because these are people, some I've known for years and years and years, and I'm, I always learn something new about them. Um, and two, every person's story is so very different. And what that does is when you allow yourself to see a person, mm-hmm. not just um, casually, like, like I might sit next to them in church every week, or I might see them on TV, or I might, you know, um, follow their leadership methodologies. Um, but it gets you to see a person. Mm-hmm. It gets you to see that they are actually still a person. They're a human being just like you. They have a body, they have a soul, they have a spirit just like you. Yes. And I think that is a really big key in what we're talking about today. And doesn't it connect hearts? Yeah. When you hear their story, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I I love them even more than I did before because now I see, you know, where they've been and what they've overcome and what God's done in their life and, and that what an honor it is to have them in our lives. Yeah because they could have made decisions that would have taken them down a completely wrong path. Mm -hmm. And that's why we really have to value all of humanity because maybe there was no one in a person's life that saw their worth or saw their value and they went through trauma, they went through abuse, they went through so many things and didn't have someone to speak into their life. And in the My Story interviews on the Stop Devaluation Movement, I have like three areas. One is, where have you been devalued? Mm -hmm. Where was there abuses of authority? Has there ever been a person who couldn't answer that question? No. (laughs) No. Uh, Some much greater levels of devaluation Mm -hmm. than others. I have those who had been sex trafficked. I have ones that went through such horrific things that you think, how in the world could they ever have overcome what they went through? Um, So there's different levels of that, but every single human being has gone through suffering. Every person has experienced, even if it's only the devaluation of themselves, that they looked in the mirror and could not see value in themselves for whatever reason. Maybe Mm -hmm. it was comparison or, or somebody bullying them at school, whatever it might have been. Everyone, and that's why I bring people to the table that share their stories of devaluation because there's somebody out there listening that can relate to them. And then the second part is I ask them, was there anyone that saw your value? Mm. And guess what? Mm -hmm. There always is. And for some people, there was only one that they could think of, but that one was enough. Mm And they begin to share that part of the story. And then the third part of the interview is, how are you now generating value? And then they share what they are doing to generate value in other people because there was that one or there were these individuals that valued them enough that it shifted the way they viewed themselves. Mm -hmm. So now they want to be that type of person that wants to be that one in somebody else's life. I think that's a really powerful structure 
Um, because in that first question, you know, tell me how you've been devalued. One, it allows us to have compassion and empathy for one another. Two, it tells you, I think, I think one of the greatest lies that people believe is that it's, that it's only me. Right. And it feels very isolating and it feels, it makes you feel, you know, that shame comes in and I don't want to connect. I can't tell my story. No one understands all of these things that start to snowball from thinking that, um, that that devaluation is isolated to you. And so when you begin to hear that other people have experienced these things, it allows you Yes, to have empathy for them, but it also allows you to say, wow, I'm not alone. Right. Uh, and that is a really, when you believe that you're alone and that you have to protect yourself, you have to protect um, everything about you, uh, you're not going to be able to value other people because you're just fighting um, to just see your own worth. And so when you know that you're not alone and you get to sh you start to connect with other people um, and then you begin to see your value and your worth, it, it is going to help you to value others. And then also that seeing when someone has valued you. I know some of these people, they talk about like a, um, you know, a middle school teacher and they might be in their fifties or sixties and they're talking mm -hmm. about a middle school teacher mm -hmm. and it just shows the immense importance uh, of what, what one person can do when you value another person. And so it's just always a reminder of, um, you know, I might not think that I'm doing a lot, but when you choose to see the value in someone else to pull that out in them, you have no idea. You might be that one person for someone That's 50, right. 60 years from now. You just have no idea. Um, so what we're talking about today is... Um, not just like saying kind words to people. Yes. It's actually life changing yes. um, for you and for the world around us. So it's not about compliments. It's yeah. definitely not about flattery. It's genuinely seeing someone's value mm -hmm. and what you value you sacrifice for, you invest into, and you treat as valuable. Mm -hmm. So if all we do is see a person in a grocery store and treat them as if they are valuable, yeah, because they are valuable, yeah. you, it's amazing. You'll see people's eyes light up. Mm -hmm. You'll see them just receive so much. Um, I was uh, at a store yesterday and I it was the cashier and I said, you you are just the sweetest person. <laughs> and she just lit up. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't patronizing her because she was sweet. Yeah. But when I noticed it, I said it. Yeah. I didn't walk out of the store saying, well, everyone should be like that and do <laughs> be negative. It was like, no, if someone is that way, I'm going to you know, bring that up and and bring that validation to them at that moment. And she was so thrilled that I acknowledged yeah. who she was. Because the reality is most people don't do that. They don't have that experience. I know I'm just always kind of shocked. I've talked about this with a friend, how people will say like, you, you really changed my life or you, um, the way that you treated me, I, you know, the, no one else has ever treated me like that. And in my mind, I want to go, how are, uh, like, I think if I'm just simply being a kind person and I'm not saying this to puff myself up, I'm saying, you know, this is kind of our culture. Um, but I'm thinking, I'm just being a decent human being. Right. <laughs> but the, the reality is most people are not treated well. We just are in this cycle of, um, trying to protect and build ourselves up. And that just turns into putting other people down or um, 
we're just not seeing people. For me, honestly, I'm an introvert. If if I went with my creature comfort, when I went into the grocery store, I would put in my earbuds. I would put my head down. I don't even wear hats. I'd wear a hat <laughs> and just get, I do self-checkout and just get in and out. But I, I, I make the choice. I still use self-checkout, but I make the choice not to do that and to keep my head up just because it's an opportunity. I can actually smile at someone and it sounds so silly and simple, but that is a sacrifice for me to actually just look at a person in the eyes, smile at them as I walk by, you know, greet them because honestly, a lot of people don't get that. They're not used to that. And so those little things that we all can do um, on some level can really make a big difference. I think when we talk about validation, we have to recognize the flip side. And really that's what the Lord spoke to me quite a few years ago um, uh, when I was experiencing such encounters with his heart and feeling his heart grieve. He said, I want you to start a movement to stop devaluation. Mm -hmm. And I went and I looked up the word devaluation and it's all about money, like the devaluation of the dollar. And you just don't see it when you're talking about a human being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I realized, oh my gosh, the majority, or let's say probably 99.999% of every human being has experienced some form of devaluation, Mm -hmm. being viewed as less than. You might not have had maybe that coach, Joel, maybe they uh, weren't saying... Uh, really attacking someone, even though it probably does happen, but maybe they were not valued as much as another. Mm -hmm. So immediately they felt devalued because somebody else was exalted as so much better. Uh, Maybe the favorite kid in the family or the favorite grandkid or something like that to where I've sensed that I hold less value than someone else because around me, it's like we have to be very careful even in the church world that when we honor some people that someone else does not feel devalued because they have not been honored in the same way. So how can we show um, each person in very beautiful, unique ways? You know, we just don't want... um, just because, let's say, Stephen and I are the senior pastors, we should get all the validation. No, 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 no. We like to, in fact, in our house, we like to find people that don't expect to be valued and we honor them in different ways. And you are very, very good at this, Katie. And I think it's important because some of these people, it means the world to them because they lived a life of comparison. Yeah. They felt devalued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as we're talking about this, it's always going to be just worth reiterating that what we're talking about is the innate value of a human being that is unchanging. It is fixed at 100%. It will not change. Um, And in saying that, I do think that there are times... Uh, what we're not talking about, there is there is a value in doing. There yes. is a value in a person's abilities and in, in their um, skills, in their Secondary education. to their intrinsic yes. worth. Yes, yes. And I think it's really easy in our minds to mix those things up because there's nothing wrong with um, quote unquote valuing or honoring someone for their achievements. Um, but, but what we're talking about here is mm-hmm. a person's core value as a human being. There's nothing that they could do um, to make it increase or decrease. It is 100% all of the time. Uh, and, and 
to me, I just have to continually remind myself of that um, because that's something as we've talked about this, even talked about our culture or as I've talked to individuals, uh, we very, very quickly go into our value based upon what we do. And that is not what we're talking about. So you can treat a person, whether they have a doctorate degree and, and are making and are running, you know, nonprofit organizations and changing the law, changing lives and changing the world, or whether they're a person who does not treat people well and <laughs> um, they have a long way to go, you can still value them the yes. same because they are a valuable human being. Yeah, that's really good. Now I'm saying this in a general way. I, I think in some ways you two are more heart forward, mm -hmm. you know, in your communication. And I'm a little bit more head forward uh, in some things because I look That's at things. That's a good things, way of saying it. I understand that. That's good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think of things more practically. So a question that, you know, like when you guys talk about valuing all of humanity, <laughs> the first thing that pops into my mind is, is that even possible? to value all of humanity. And if it is, how can we do that? Yeah. Uh, that's really good because we separate someone's intrinsic worth from their extrinsic worth, mm -hmm. or we often don't when we should. Yeah. So I think we recognize I choose to value them because they do hold intrinsic worth. They are created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. They are a human being that the Father loves. And so I think we have to look through the eyes of the Father. We have to make a conscious choice to look past the external and see the internal worth. And just consciously be aware that when I bring validation to them, that's what I'm valuing. Mm -hmm. Because See, that's where compliments, I can go up and compliment you and it not even be true. Mm -hmm. So I want to be very authentic and very genuine in my validation of a person who even does things that I believe are wrong or I disagree with or I am really challenged by. Uh, but because I know that if I can touch through authentic, Holy Spirit-inspired validation with the heart of the Father, to their intrinsic worth, separate from who they are, it is a seed planted in their spirit man. And they're going to feel that. Mm -hmm. And then I just, some plant, some water, and only God can bring the increase. So it's something that's very intentional. It's something that's very deliberate. And I like how you said, you know, we're expressing heart. You're more head. The fact is, when you make a conscious, deliberate choice in your mind, in your thinking, and you step out, shake somebody's hand. Oh, I'm glad you're here. Oh, it's good to meet you. Something uh, very simple, but very authentic to you because we will do the opposite of valuing someone if we are just saying something to say it. Mm -hmm. It has got to be authentic. It has got to be genuine because you can feel that. And so when you intentionally say, Lord, this is how you see, so therefore, that's how I'm going to treat them in a practical sense. 
That is just as powerful as me going up to someone, which is very easy for me to do, go up and give them a hug, give them a kiss on the cheek, you know, or whatever, uh, which surprises some people. Often I ask, may I hug you? You know, and they'll go, yeah. Some people have said no. Most people say yes, but that's easy for me. That That's not you to go up and just hug anybody. And at your age, you just don't want to hug everybody. (laughs) And same with you, Katie. You just don't want to do that to everybody. But the fact is, when you say, Lord, how do you see them? Mm -hmm. And you make a simple, practical step to do that. It holds eternal weight. Well, the question is, is it possible to value all of humanity? And I think what you said there... When I am interacting with someone one-on-one, I find it easier to see the value of someone. But we live in a society where we can see a lot of things that are happening outside of our even control. Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked a little bit about this, about our internet life a little bit. It, It can be very difficult because all you're seeing is someone's actions or what someone said. And so the question is, how can we value all of humanity like I said, it's a little easier when you're in inner interaction with them and you can actually see who they are. And as people of faith, as people of that hear the voice of God, we can even see how God sees them, mm-hmm. even if maybe the actions don't align. My thought is, is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But I will say this, Jesus tells us that all things are possible to those who believe. Yes, We know from John uh, Mm 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. So it's possible to love all humanity, possible to those who believe, if we align our hearts with him, Mm -hmm. with his view of the person. Yeah. Because he knows who he created them to be. He knows what he's called them to do. He sees the fullness of their potential. And that's why you have to ask yourself, God, show or ask the Lord, God, show me how you see this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Because then you can align to his value for the person and maybe not your own personal opinion of them. We talk a lot about the prophetic. Let's get real practical with the prophetic. Mm -hmm. Lord, reveal to me what you see in this person. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, uh, give me a word of knowledge. Give me a word of wisdom. God, you, you, I want to see the way you see. Let us use our prophetic revelation, not just to stand up and just prophesy in church, mm-hmm. not just to, you know, draw people to us and say, aren't we great, you know, in the prophetic and all this stuff. No, let's just go into the places of darkness and just shine like a light. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't want to, Uh, finish this uh, podcast without talking about devaluation, Uh, I want to address first before I go there, Joel, you, uh, I hate injustice. I could not hate the person, but I can hate what some people do. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's the question. Can you value someone if you hate what the person does? Most definitely. Well, I think, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, but it also says that he died for us while we were yet sinners. While Mm -hmm. we were enemies to him. And Jesus constantly called out people for their wrong, Mm -hmm. but he still valued them as a person, whether it was a Pharisee or uh, a 
a tax collector, he did point out their wrongdoing, but there was he always did it because it was hurting them because he valued them. So you can show value even in disagreement. Most definitely. And I think if... Which is hard for most of yeah. humanity. <laughs> but here, will you be drawn to somebody who is critical of you, devalues you, is judgmental against you, uh, stereotyping you, having all these biases against you? You know, are you going to be drawn to them? Are you going to care about their opinion? Are you going to allow them to influence you at all? Are you going to allow them to speak into your life? Absolutely not. So we're trying to change our world by hatred and anger and judgment and prejudices and biases and stereotypes. I mean, who are we to stereotype a whole group of people, whether it's a race or uh, a gender or a way of thinking, way of thinking, their opinions, whether they all political leaders, all lawyers, all, all preachers, all whatever. And it's like, who are we to do that? I mean, that is devaluing. It is prejudice, which is Mm prejudgment. It is having biases where we diminish someone's value. You will not have a bias against someone without devaluing them, diminishing their worth. Mm -hmm. And, And so I think we have to look at, do we devalue? If I went up to somebody, I said, well, do you devalue people? Good Christian people, do you devalue people? Most people will say no. Yeah. But if they're, I hate to go here, but if they're on the internet just bashing all these leaders, you know, these people who, you know, are standing and they, I don't want to say what's on these banners, you know, and, but they're blasting, you know, governmental leaders when God says, pray for those who, you know, pray for your leaders, pray for those that are in authority, pray for those who despitefully use use you. you. (laughs) Yes. There you go. I mean, we've got, you know what, we can all go to the word of God and pick out the scriptures that we personally value so much. We put so much value on them that we so overvalue them that we never even produce what they've been put in the word for mm-hmm. because we're ignoring other things and devaluing other scriptures, or we can tear a scripture apart. I'll take my favorite scripture, okay? I'll show you a man what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice. Yes, that is one of my life words. We're gonna do justice. We're gonna use our power for the good of others. But you know what? If I do not put the same value on mercy, I'll never do justice well. Yeah. Or if mercy is about everything and now I'm enabling everybody, then I'm not putting value on justice. And guess what? I will never show mercy Mm -hmm. in the way God shows mercy. And then he says, then walk humbly. The fact is the moment I reject walking in humility, Mm -hmm. I'll never do justice. I'll never do mercy. I will never value humanity because now I'm exalting what's most important to me above everything else. And we sabotage the things we say we love. We sabotage the voice God has put inside of us Mm -hmm. all the time because we camp on Melody's thing rather than the Father's thing. 
Yeah. I've got to come to a point where I really value what he values and and not devalue. Okay, maybe Katie, you have you have a voice for community mm-hmm. and you do so many things in the community. You're working in the community garden. I have never once worked in that community garden. Come, you know, I value what you're doing, but I hate gardening. I'll mess up my nails. And uh, <laughs> so, but I in I I must value that as the father values that. Mm-hmm. I must value that because I recognize that what you're doing holds great value and it'll have as much or more impact than all the things that I'm doing that I value. And so all of us must look and say, all of us have a unique calling Mm -hmm. and we have to see value in another's calling and see value in what God placed inside of them. But the moment we exalt what we're doing above what somebody else is doing, now we're walking in prejudgment, we're walking in biases, we're walking in stereotypes, we're walking in all these things that devalue. And that's where the whole comparing ourselves with one another comes into. Mm-hmm. Rather than just saying, Joel, I love who you are. I love what you do. And I'm going to celebrate it. I can't do what you do. I don't even understand half the things that you do. But the fact is, I have to hold that value. That church down the street they might have a different calling and a different gifting, and that is valuable. Yeah. And I cannot devalue them because they're not doing what we do. They mm-hmm. might not have the same code of conduct, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make them any less valuable than us. Yeah. And so I think we just have to apply it to absolutely every single area of our lives. You know, I'm challenged with marriage counseling because I'm not going to sit and tell a young couple what their marriage is supposed to look like. I can bring biblical truth to the table, but the fact is every mar- every married couple, every family is going to have its unique expression, mm-hmm. who God called them to be. And so like, I'll, I'm preaching here, I'm sorry, but you know, I take uh, uh, Aaron, Joel's wife. She holds such value on vacations. Throughout, ask Joel, I mean, we might have went camping, which I absolutely despised. The <laughs> <laughs> only place I want to camp is the Hilton, you know, and uh, no pun intended. But um, so, like, we never went on vacations. We might have done a couple things, but we never went on vacations. Like, I placed no value on vacations. And um, not that I didn't value people, I did. And then Aaron comes into the family, and she invests so much into vacations mm-hmm. for the family. And so I look at that and I go, that is so valuable. Yeah. I uh, Even though I never in all the years of my life, because we never went on vacations growing up. So the first, you've been married for 20 years. So the first 40 years of my life, vacation wasn't even a thought. Then Erin gets in the family. Now what she values is brought up because there's so much value in being together as family. There's so much value of getting away and resting. There's so much value in having fun, right? Yeah. There's so much value in those things. And just because I overvalued some things in my life, it was easy to undervalue something in someone else's life. Well, no, I'm going to value that. And honestly, because I value Aaron, I value what she brings to the table, when I partner with that, 
I remember last year, it was like I, I had experienced a week of heaven. <laughs> it was such emotional recovery for me. Yeah. And see, you know, we miss out on things yeah. when we don't value who somebody is and what they carry and what God's put inside of them. Mm -hmm. And that might not sound spiritual at all, but guess what? God puts things in people because that is what is needed. Yeah. Yeah. For us to love life, to leave well, to love much. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Well, well I didn't plan to go there. But. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, I guess we're done talking now. <laughs> um, no, that's really, really good. Um, I do want to go into just some some practical things of what this can look like. And we are talking mostly about um, valuing people. And you you did start to go on the devaluation route a little bit. Um, but just like you said, if you ask a person, um, do you devalue people? Most people would say no. Um, but then I think when we start to ask ourselves smaller questions like do you could even ask, do you gossip about someone? We here, we're a no gossip culture. Very I, good. I still catch myself leaning towards gossip. Not all the time, but because it's our culture and we say that often, I kind of can recognize mm -hmm. when I'm leaning in that direction. And sometimes that's not speaking a negative thing about someone. Sometimes it's just speaking about something that's really not my business to be speaking about. I still catch myself doing it. And so I think one really practical way um, to quote unquote, join this movement of stopping devaluation is firstly, just give yourself a no gossip challenge. Say, okay, I'm not going to gossip at all this week and say, kind of define what that is. I'm not going to speak idly or negatively about another person. And when you kind of give yourself that parameter or that, that self-culture, um, I, I bet you, you will discover how often you lean in that direction. And it's just kind of teaching yourself, okay, I'm going to step into this role of stopping devaluation. I'm going to choose not to um, engage in this behavior. And you're also going to recognize when other people are doing it around you. Maybe you are actually in an environment where gossip just runs freely. And hopefully as you begin to say, well, I'm not going to do this, you begin to become more uncomfortable around that behavior. Yeah. And whether you address it or remove yourself from the situation um, or or you begin to then speak positive, you kind of do a rebuttal with what they're saying with something good about that person all of those things are stopping the culture of devaluation, whether in yourself or in those around you. And those things make a huge difference. And I also think I heard someone um, say it was their New Year's resolution to um, stop putting themselves down. You know, like when someone mm -hmm. compliments you and you immediately say, well, this is this is what I did wrong or this is, oh, I'm not that great. Or you put yourself down. They just made a choice to not do that for themselves. And they didn't, that was it. They just choose not to say it. It's not like um, they started puffing themselves up. They just stopped putting themselves down. <laughs> and they began to notice how often they were doing that and what it was doing to what they believed about themselves. So that's just another challenge of saying, I'm not going to put myself down in what I say. So whether it's yourself or others, um, it's a really important, powerful step. And uh, also, I think in when we say the word prejudice, I've already said it means prejudgment. Mm -hmm. 
how often do we look at something, make an assumption, yeah. make a prejudgment about a person and about a situation, about, well, assuming how they're thinking, yeah. assuming what's going to take place. Uh, I, I love how you shared that because when we are aware of this, now, instead of it just being a reaction, now I'm aware, oh, I just made a pre-judgment. I yeah. made a judgment about something even when uh, I don't know that yeah. for a fact. I yeah. don't know. So the moment I become aware is the moment I can become, uh, uh, the moment I become aware is the moment that I'm able to process through and make a healthier decision. And one thing, I don't want to go into a lot of neuroscience, but every time we do devalue, every time we do gossip, every time we do make assumptions and prejudgments, it has a negative impact on our neural memory. Mm -hmm. You cannot do the negative and it affect you positively. So the fact is, if I gossip about someone, I'm actually harming myself. Yeah. If, if I am prejudiced towards someone, I'm actually harming myself. So when we talk about the Stop Devaluation Movement, yes, it's for others, but it's to bring us into a place where we are emotionally healthy, mm -hmm. that we are managing our thoughts and our emotions in such a way that I can begin to heal from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And then I can begin to model a new way without judgment, yeah. without criticism. I mean, the worst thing I can do is devalue somebody who devalues, right? I want to see their intrinsic worth. So how can there be a door open that I can model the way? Mm -hmm. And the fact is we as a church have modeled a way. We're a prejudice-free zone. We're a gossip-free zone. So people walk in and just because we're modeling the way, they're going, you know what? They begin to like yeah. this culture. Yeah. And then they they'll start correcting each other. And so we really as leaders don't have to go and confront people mm -hmm. because it becomes a part of the culture because people feel good mm -hmm. when they do good and they speak good. And you know, all the division that's taking place in our world and the the horrible things that we're seeing happening goes down to the very, very core seed of someone being devalued and someone devaluing. But you'll never devalue someone if you first have not experienced devaluation or are living in shame. You, you don't see value in yourself. And I live there. I know what that's like. Yeah. And so gossip comes from the only way to make myself feel better is to put somebody else down. Yeah. It makes me feel better in, in the my own estimation Estimation, estimation <laughs> of myself, and uh, but that it's it's not true. It's this lying thing. Yeah, that's where you don't see that that value is fixed at a hundred, and you think that it's a sliding scale, and you're trying to take from someone else. Yes, um, what you already have, uh, and you know that's you know I just ask. I like to know why why we do things. Why do we like gossiping? Because, I mean, you do, you get a dopamine hit from it. Like chemically, yeah, you you're do. going to get the effects of that. Um, just like any other thing, you know, you can get dopamine from anything. It's amoral. <laughs> um, but it, the why, like, what are you actually trying to do is you're trying to make yourself feel better. So you're trying to take that from someone else. And it's just not the way that it's supposed to work. I once heard a minister 
say that one of the biggest problems in the church is that people will shout the things that God whispers. <laughs> wow. And whisper the things that God shouts. Wow. So we have to keep the main thing the main thing. And I think so a lot good. of the problems in church are that people are making, yes, it 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 is an element of truth, but there are greater truths. Mm-hmm. Like love being a greater truth mm-hmm. than maybe a particular thing. Uh, yes, it's true, but what is the main focus of Scripture is to bring his people back to him. Yeah. And, I, and I think of that scripture where it talks about that we are new creations in Christ. Part of that passage also deals with that we have been called to be ministers of reconciliation. Oh, so, yeah. so we have to keep the main thing, the main thing. So when we're talking about valuing all of humanity, yes, there could be things in scriptures that can divide us, but what does it go back to? It has to go back to the heart of God, which is his desire to see his children brought back into relationship with him. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Uh, and I love the scripture. You have all these things, all these amazing things that we puff ourselves up with or puff somebody else up with. But it says, if you have all this stuff and you don't have love, yeah, yeah. it just means nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think about, you know, on the day when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and a lot of works are going to get burned up. Mm-hmm. Because you said y'all we're not keeping the main thing, the main thing, even though it was a good thing. Yeah. And it it is even a truth. Yeah. Um, but is it something that God has whispered or is it something that he shouts? And those the thing that the thing that God values is what we have to align ourselves with, values the most. Yeah, it makes me think about when the religious leaders are going, you know, Jesus, tell us the most important thing, (laughs) because they were very, very set on rules and the way that we should live, the way that we should, you know, Mm -hmm. be quote unquote holy. And Jesus said, you know, the, all the law, all the prophets hang on love, hang Mm -hmm. on these two things. Keep me first, that main thing, the main thing Mm -hmm. and love people, love yourself love love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Um so it is. It's the main thing. You want to know how to change the world? Do you want to yep. know how to please God? You want to know how to live a happy life? You want to know how to live a better life? How to improve your relationships? Go back to the main thing. Are you loving God? Are you loving people? And um even back to that question of is it possible to love all of humanity? I think outside of him, no, we're never going to achieve that. You can't achieve... Possible, not necessarily probable. Well, I think without God, I don't think it's possible. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But as you pointed out earlier, when you believe in him... This truth is really countercultural. Yeah. Yeah. You can't live a heavenly concept without accessing heaven. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. You can't do it. Um, so do you guys have anything to add? We're getting a lot, lot longer than I thought we were going to. Yeah, here. we didn't get to I didn't half even of turn our the questions. page on the notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the ability to be a value generator in our world is a really beautiful calling that mm-hmm. absolutely every believer can be and do. I mean, look at, I take Layla. What is Layla? 12 years old now? 
she, You're asking me? Yes. <laughs> You're her father. <laughs> I'm her grandma. I, think I, she, I remember a joke from a comedian. He was talking about the school called yeah. him and they were asking which bus his daughter took. And he was like, out of all the people that you thought to call, you thought to call the father. <laughs> to answer that. He wasn't even sure if that was the school that she went to kind of thing. <laughs> So you're like, how old is Layla? She's, In a range from 10 12. to 12. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's 12, I'm sure. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you you meet Layla Hilton, and she is a natural validator. Yeah. It is so natural to who she is that it really touches my heart. Uh, and... Uh, that could be for a lot of reasons, a part of the call upon her life, uh, uh, the amazing grandma she has. I don't know, whatever <laughs> it could be. I'm joking there. That was a tongue in cheek. All right. We, we but the fact we talked to you about leaving the jokes up to the <laughs> professionals. Hey, was that a joke? Okay. Yeah, that was. Uh, that not was. like your other one. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> so, but the fact is, we can we can be equippers of people to show them how to be value generators. And I think if we can equip the body of Christ to be value generators, then we can uh, impact the world's view of Christianity. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm involved in non-Christian world as much as I am in the Christian world. And I don't tell people, they say, are you a Christian? I say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Because Christianity has such a negative definition to people in the world. And I think it's because there's been so much division in the body of Christ and so much accusations and criticism and judgment coming from quote unquote Christians. Yeah. And and so I think if we can equip the body of Christ to be genuine, authentic value generators mm-hmm. through the heart of the Father, then we are able to then affirm a person's truth. This is who you really are. Because mm-hmm. I've more people I meet see what they do wrong more than what they do right. Yeah. And I can focus on what is good. I can focus on the treasure. I can focus on the potential. And I'm not patronizing, but if I can see, as we talked about earlier, prophetically, who that person is, then I can seed into that. And I'll tell you, that'll bring such, that'll be light in someone's darkness. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of believers that have darkness of the soul because they believe lies about themselves. So in our church, we can move past the things Christians are even doing and see the gold in them and begin to speak into those things to cause the things that have been hidden in darkness to be unearthed. Yeah. So their potential then can be actualized. So the power of validation isn't just to reach the world, those that are not believers, but it's something that can shift the culture in, if you are a Christian business owner, you have the ability to create a culture of validation. If you are a pastor, you have the ability to start generating a culture of validation in the church. Anyone, whether you're an employee or an employer, whether you're a child or a parent, in any level, you have that ability just by making the choices to stop devaluing and start adding value. That's right. And what does it do? Validation helps to heal a wounded soul. 
Yeah. And we talked about earlier, who hasn't experienced injustice? Who Mm -hmm. hasn't experienced devaluation? Well, we have the honor and the privilege to, you know, plant seeds to help heal their soul. Yeah. And that, what a gift it is to be able to make that investment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, as I think you said, Joel, you didn't say a lot in this podcast, but what you this said- This is was, my kind of podcast, I'm yeah. thinking. <laughs> but what you said is so amazingly profound. We are ministers of reconciliation. Yeah. Ask ourselves the question, and what I'm doing- in the choices I'm making, is this ministering reconciliation? Mm -hmm. And if we just think about that, we might maybe speak differently to our spouse, to our kids, to our coworkers, to somebody else in the church. Yeah. Because the reconcile, we're not reconciling people to our political ideology or to our religious ideology. Mm -hmm. We are reconciling people to Christ. Yeah. And I am thoroughly convinced if people are looking to the author and the finisher of their faith, their lives will be transformed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. As we, as I was preparing for uh, this podcast this episode which i didn't talk very much which is awesome but uh uh god was showing me basically i was thinking how did we get here right mm. how did we get to this world of devalu- where devaluation is like really rampant well obviously sin entered the world yeah obviously but like why are we at the place that we're at now and I was thinking that devaluation is a symptom of relativism. Mm-hmm. And really, relativism goes back to what is good? Is there good? What is just? What is right and wrong? So relativism is basically, it depends on your own opinion. There is no standard. Yeah, good. And so when you don't have a standard of value, you will an inherently devalue the thing that was created for value. So if we're talking about valuing humanity, if we lose the standard, if we lose God's standard of value, we will eventually fall into devaluing humanity. We will fall into uh, that relativism that my way is right. Your way could be right. There is no right. There is no truth. There is no absolutes. Mm -hmm. Right, and so de- a a society of devaluation is really a symptom of relativism. Wow! And I, there was this conversation that I was in. I forget how it all started, but basically, I said, "Well, that's not normal." And there was this young kid that kind of piped up and said, "There is no such thing as normal." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, really?" <laughs> <laughs> and and so I said to th- this young person, I said, "Well, then you're okay with abuse, then." And they were kind of surprised by that. And I said, abuse is just abnormal use. Mm. Mm -hmm. So if there wasn't a normal, if there wasn't a standard, you couldn't classify something as abuse. Wow, that's good. And so, like I said before, when you don't have a standard of value, you will inherently devalue the thing that, was created for value. What is being devalued in our society 
society today, life. Yes. That intrinsic worth of a human being. Yes. And that only comes from God's standard of value. So if we really want to address devaluation, we have to go back to the original standard, yes. which is God's standard. Yes. Mm-hmm. There you you go. should have talked a whole lot more, Joel, because <laughs> you need to just cut out some of my time and put in yours because that is, in fact, uh, Why don't you I need respond to, to what I said. Uh, I mean, I'm just like overwhelmed. It's like, wow, there's a couple more quotes I got. You know, <laughs> I was thinking as I was writing this down, I was like, mom's going to steal half of this stuff. <laughs> You are exactly right. <laughs> it was like so, so good. So God's standard is the only antidote for the sickness that we're in. Wow. There's a, there's another one for you. You can use that one. Wow. I've got to listen to this podcast and write them down if you don't give them to me. <laughs> that is so, so good. Wow. Hey, I guess it just takes seeing God as God and as someone who does love and all things are possible to those who believe. Believe what? God yeah. so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. You know, so it's aligning with his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So I think all of us today say, I want to align my heart with God's original intents and purposes mm-hmm. to God's standard. Um, so that's how we deal with this mm-hmm. issue of devaluation in our society. We have to, um, I, I don't think it needs to be a place of forcing God's standard, but we need to be that light. Model. We model. need to model the standard that God has placed. Mm-hmm. And from that, we can be a light in a dark place. Yeah. We can be a restorative influence. Be that minister of reconciliation. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is a, a day by day, moment by moment thing um, of allowing Holy Spirit to um, interject and intervene. Um, because, you know, it's one thing to wake up and say, God, let, help me value humanity. But then, like, life happens and people happen and people do stupid things and you watch the news and all of our culture kind of takes over. And so it's recognizing that at any moment, at any day, you can say, Holy Spirit, help me to see this person as you see them. Um, And that really helps me when um, I'm struggling with someone, whether I know them or not, is just saying, Holy Spirit, help me see this person the way that you see them. And pretty quickly, um, I'll begin to see something that changes my attitude or my perspective towards them. So it is something that we can tap into his spirit, which makes it possible all the time on a moment-by-moment basis. Yeah, that's good. Joel, do you have a couple more nuggets? Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking of what Grandma used to say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So that could be a good rule of thumb when it comes to devaluing. (laughs) If we all actually heeded grandma's advice. I tell you what. What would this world look like? (laughs) It doesn't, we don't make those choices now. I'm a grandma. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a grandma for almost 15 years. Oh my gosh. So you're saying we should listen to your advice? Yeah. I guess another thing I can add is, so what is the importance of seeing value? Well, if if you don't see value in things, you won't take care of them. Yeah. 
So it will affect the longevity of something. So if we're talking about longevity of society, if we don't value one another, eventually it's going to implode. Yeah. It's going to attack one another. It's going to eat its own kind of thing. So I, I, I kind of learned this lesson when I got my first car. Uh, like when you purchase something, if you don't take care of it, it won't take care of you. Like if you don't change the oil and give the thing that, that the car needs, eventually it's going to leave you sitting. And so what is the importance of seeing value? Well, it's going to cause longevity and it's going to, because if you don't value, hey, I understand we don't have all the time in the world to mow our lawns and I'm probably <laughs> one of them. One of the people in our development that probably waits the longest to do it, <laughs> but you can see how someone values something by how they take care of it. Yes, so true. And so if you value people, you are going to cultivate a healthy relationship with the people around you. I'm not as big worldview as you are. I'm more like if we can just do the things that affect us or the um, be a light in the sphere of influence that we have, that's what matters the most. That's exactly right. It's what matters. If every one of us would focus on our world, yeah. you know, those things around us, the places of our influence, the places of where we have relational and trust equity, if we would do it there, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. it would reach the whole world. Maybe not us, but every person would reach their world. That's exactly right. Because I don't have influence where I don't have influence. When, I only have it where I do. And when you value something or someone, it has the potential to bring that value back on you. Most definitely. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, if I don't take care of my car, it's going to leave me sit. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't take care of the things that I invested maybe financial value to, eventually I'm going to have to always be buying new things because I don't value and take care of the things. And that's the same way with relationships. If yeah. we're just really careless with it, uh, we're going to have a lot of relationships in our life that are damaged and not life-giving and life-producing. Exactly. But if I see the value in people or those around me, if I cultivate mm -hmm. value, then it has a potential. Like, I won't be able to pull the gold or pull the gold out of someone unless I see it. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about. If you don't value things or when you value things, it has the potential to put value back on you or to get the gold out of something. Okay. Yeah. Does that explain? Yeah. I just, I wasn't sure exactly where you're going. Um, just thinking like, just because you value someone else doesn't automatically mean that they're going to no. value you. That's no. not, that's not what you were saying. So I understand. I'm just saying the things that, you have within your life that you have a potential to cultivate like what you what you water will grow kind of thing <laughs> yeah like a and if you don't there will be a divide right mhm mm that's why there's divorce that's why there's so much division because even in our closest relationships if there is not a a validation of that person and what that person does then we'll we'll have a divide there and we'll go what you know, we don't have the same goosebumps we used to. We don't have all that. I think it's oxytocin and, that, and, and, and vasopressin for guys. You know, that those chemicals aren't flowing. It's because we have divides because we haven't valued. And yeah, I there's think that's no so, There's no such thing as waking up one day and we grew apart. That's right. 
it was a cultivation of that, or it was not guarding your heart, or not guarding your mind mm -hmm. in the relationship. So there's no one day I woke up. It it was a cumulative uh, thing. Mm -hmm. And little things that you don't, you know, why do you always do this? You never do mm -hmm. this. Or just mm -hmm. saying little statements like that are very devaluing or very yeah. shaming. And, and uh, are we going to do this perfectly? No. But the fact is uh, we do have something, a tool in our spiritual tool belt, and mm -hmm. that's to ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, that's to acknowledge, okay, I didn't handle that right, you know, or forgive me. I didn't see it that way. And I think we can all do that on our closest relationships. Yeah. And the more we practice it, the more we'll take it outside of the family unit or the business unit or the church unit to, to where it will be something that has the ability to exponentially increase value in our world. So I gave my two cents. Does anybody else have any two cents that they want to add before we close this out? I just go back to the practical just today. This is something that can be implemented today um, to decide that you're going to stop devaluation and just decide what that's going to look like, whether it's to not gossip about someone or to um, think good thoughts, to intentionally think good thoughts towards people. I know you said earlier about not compliment or you, it's not just complimenting people. I do think complimenting people is a good place to start. If it's genuine. It's not, yeah. It's not, it's not shallow and it's not, um, it's not fake, but if it's a genuine compliment, I yes. do think that that's a good habit to start to get into because even the smallest, simplest things, like we said earlier, people just aren't actually used to it in our world anymore. They're not used to actually receiving genuine validation, whether it's on a, you know, hey, I like your hair or um, or something deeper. Uh, they're just not used to it. And so that just that simple practice can really help us to one, stop devaluing and two, see people for what they're worth, see people like he sees them. And then also, like I said earlier, just invite the Holy Spirit um, into these moments too. Because if you really want to see someone's value, you have to see them the way that he sees them. Uh, and we can ask him for that. So uh, it's a day-by-day -day practice, moment-by-moment -moment practice, but it's very, very doable and it's doable for us today. So um with that, any closing, closing thoughts? Actually, I have one more scent. Oh, okay. One more scent. I would say that it's impossible to see someone else's intrinsic value if you cannot see your own. Yes. Yeah. So it has to start there. If you don't see how God created you to be the value that you have in Christ, your value as a creation of an amazing creator, you're not going to extend that to someone else. And sometimes it looks like you're you are extending it, mm -hmm. but you're actually giving it to get something yeah, back in it. return. Yeah. yeah. So I'm loving you, so you love me. Yeah. Or I'm valuing you, so you value me, rather than simply investing it. And that's why I said once you know who you are and right. who you've been created to be, it's gonna actually naturally flow from you to give exactly. that and extend that. And the opposite is true. I find that people will want their world around them to reflect what's inside of them. So if they have chaos inside of them, mm -hmm. they're going to produce chaos outside of them. Yes. Because it's in a weird way, chaos is the safe thing Yeah, because that's all, you know, so maybe that was more than one cent. <laughs> like, this could open up yeah. a whole other, 
uh, episode here. I mean, we're we're getting into those three hour podcasts. We could really, <laughs> Actually, we could we, break it up. I didn't one. even touch one third of the things I had on my my list, and I know Joel didn't. I don't know about Katie, I but it's like, oh no. my goodness, we could go on for. I think it's because it is. This is part of our DNA. It's yeah. part of our culture. Do we live it out perfectly? No, but uh, we do definitely see the importance in valuing humanity. And the more we practice it, the more it becomes a part of us. And the more it becomes a part of us, the greater impact we can have in our world, Mm -hmm. whether it's in ministry or marketplace, whether it's in the community or it's within the church itself. Yeah. And really my heart, my goal is kind of moving from um, creating a culture of validation or creating this culture in our church um, to now creating it in our community. And so that is my goal um, is to to kind of keep it going, keep the the movement of validation going because I have seen its effects on one life and I want that for as many people as possible. So um, so we're gonna wrap up this episode with that. I think all the sense have been spent um, and uh, we're looking forward to, how this episode impacts you, how you put it into practice. Um, If you have anything to say about this or any other episode, you can email us at lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. Let me say it again. Lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.